Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Crazy, crazy week continues coming together as we finally know what the playoff implications look like for the Cincinnati Bengals and the AFC as a whole. Welcome into another edition of the Strict Stripes Strictly Stripes podcast. I'm going as fast as the week is going. Muhammad Ahmad joined with Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. And for those of you who tuned in last night, you already know, but for those who don't, uh, the NFL has officially canceled the Bills Bengals game. So that means all the scenarios that we listed yesterday as to what would happen for the Bengals in the playoffs, given what will happen this weekend. That has all been approved. The voters in the league agreed upon that today. And there's one aspect that has uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, and multiple players upset, and that is the coin toss. And for those who don't know what I mean, so what would happen is if the Bengals beat the Ravens this Sunday in Cincinnati, or no, excuse me, if the Bengals do not beat the Ravens, if they lose to the Ravens on Sunday, and the Ravens end up being matched as the sixth seed, or the Bengals are the sixth seed and the Ravens are the three seed, or both teams are basically matched against each other, what would have to happen is there would have to be a coin flip by someone in the league or some official. I don't know who exactly. We were kind of debating that yesterday, but someone would flip a coin and decide whether that game will be in Baltimore or Cincinnati. That is the gist of it. Uh, there's a lot of other things, but that's the thing that sticks out is, you know, it seems unfair. And in Zach Taylor's words, uh, the players talked a lot about that today. I wasn't there. Uh, you guys were. And so, I mean, I mean, I'd agree. Like, there really is an argument that, you know, you're going to do all of that. And even if you lose, you're technically supposed to be division champions. Like, I don't know. When I hear that, I just think, yeah, like I said, that doesn't really add up to me. Like, it goes against the rules, like Zach Taylor said. Like, there's rules in place that were pretty much altered because of the new scenarios. I mean, talk more about that, guys. Like, you heard from him. I mean, what do you make of that? And we just, you know, kind of elaborate on that. Well, Zach Taylor's issue, I mean, was not just specifically that. I think his whole approach to the, the NFL's whole approach was frustrating to him. Uh, in that, um, whether it's the neutral site games, whether it's, um, the coin flip that, um, they're making rules, um, beyond the scope of what's in the rule book where it just says, uh, win percentage. Should, if there's a canceled game, all of the decisions will be based on the win percentage of the teams. And then right. That's that. Right. He doesn't understand why Roger Goodell has, um, and the league executives has decided to, uh, implement a series of playoff scenarios. Um, 
and you know he voiced his frustration with it and kind of explained it it's you know when he has had players come in and complain about various fines and things like that you know this season and he says well it's the rule book it's in black and white and then you know now in this case they're throwing out that rule book the nfl held a conference call this afternoon and said well you know, we were trying to do what's in the best interest of all 32 teams. And the ultimate goal wasn't to make everybody happy, but to just uh, make it as, as fair as we possibly could. Um, you know, Zach Taylor um, spoke before that and just basically said, well, there's a lot of positives for everybody else um, and not for us. Like all we're playing for, um, you know, with the coin toss is, is a negative outcome, not a positive one. And not to mention that, you know, they are the div- – so basically if they lose, they're the AFC North champions get, but get can possibly get no benefits from that, you know, because they will have the exactly. harder, schedule, harder yeah. schedule next year um, and then possibly not get the home game that comes with it. And so exactly. I think there's just a general sense of um, frustration. Katie Blackburn, um, the uh, who's on the competition committee, who's the executive vice president, expressed that in a memo. Um, she sp- apparently spoke at the meeting uh, this afternoon as well um, and, and made these points very clear to the committee. Um, it sounds like a report from Pro Football um, Talk said that the measure passed by just one vote. Um, and so obviously you can see there was some, um, you know, people that disagreed with how they approached it. Um, on that conference call, they also talked about, you know, there were amendments made to sort of split the different scenarios where I think that, um, people were less maybe upset about the conference, um, you know, neutral site games, um, but trying to split that other, split these two things apart, but those amendments failed. Um, so I think just a general frustration that, um, why do all this when the simple, simple, simplest solution was to just go by the rule book and not have to sort of do all this other stuff? Yeah, and to kind of go off of Mike's point there, um, you know, the, the Ravens, the, I, I, they obviously kind of got, a benefit of the doubt here because the only way that they were going to win the AFC North was if the Bengals lost to the Bills and the Ravens won in week 18. Uh, the Chiefs also made out kind of like gangbusters here, which is why I think you're seeing the neutral site options. You know, the the Chiefs entered this weekend not controlling their destiny. The game got canceled and now all of a sudden they do control their destiny. Uh, if they win on uh, Saturday against the um, against the Raiders, they're the number one seed in the AFC. So it, there really wasn't a fair option. I, you know, I will say um, to any Bengals fans who are kind of you know ready to jump off the ledge here, uh, you're ten point favorites over over the Ravens. Um, that uh, it, it kind of seems like Anthony Brown might play, or if he doesn't, Tyler Huntley. Uh, might be limited injury-wise. So you need that to happen. The Broncos have to beat the Chargers. Then you have to lose a coin toss. So, like, the odds of this are are really, really low. Um, But, I mean, you can see why the frustration is there. Um, Talking to some guys in the locker room, um, you know, Jamar Chase kind of said, you know, he didn't really think it made sense. Um, You know, I asked Mike Hilton about it, and Mike Hilton kind of started laughing when I started the question. And, (laughs) you know, it is what it is, you know. I can't control it. You know, Cam Taylor Britt said, well, I mean, we plan on winning the game, so we don't we don't want it to be an issue. And, you know, they, they, they're obviously still very confident. You know, they didn't want it to kind of affect what uh, what their preparation was like. Um, but, I mean, if you were worried about kind of where the Bengals' heads are at after, you know, kind of everything that went on with DeMar Hamlin this week and, um, 
he got one piece of amazing news, by the way, you know, that he addressed the team this morning. Of uh, course. Yeah. And I wanted Bengals to mention kinda, that too. The Bengals kind of talked about that. And, you know, Cam said today when I was talking to him, like once he heard that, he, he felt normal again. He felt okay because, you know, Hayden Hurst said the same thing. He's like, you know, he's not there yet, but it kind of seems like he's coming out of the woods here soon. So the guys know kind of Jamar's status and how he's doing. Um, so there's that. And then you have this added motivation. So, you know, they're, um, I mean, I think they're going to be ready to roll on Sunday. I also wanted to mention that too, because of course the primary focus all week has been and should be the fact that DeMar Hamlin is off the breathing tube. He was talking to his teammates on FaceTime. I think I heard or read somewhere that he told them that he loved them, which, I mean, that's a, a story that's only gotten better and better after all the uncertainty we had. So, you know, that's the, of course, the biggest focus is, hey, he's ha- he's healthy. He's getting there. Um, clearly a long ways to go, but he's moving in the right direction. But to go back to just everything that's been going on with the playoff format and the rules well, I, I here's the thing. Like, I understand where Zach Taylor's coming from because here's the thing. Like, these implications that were put in place, these were made with the idea in mind that, like, if the Bengals win and the Chiefs win and the Bills win, like, they're all going to be gravy. Like, the Bengals will get their home game. Bills will get their home game. Chiefs will get their home game. But, like, what if that doesn't materialize? Like, we could say on paper, oh, yeah, the Bengals are thumping the Ravens, which I will, and we'll have our predictions later. The Chiefs will thump Las Vegas, and, you know, the Bills will thump a really bad, undisciplined New England team. But as we've seen, one injury can make an impact. Like, what if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt against the Chiefs or against the Raiders? Like, what if, God forbid, another star Bills player gets hurt against the Patriots and that has an impact? Then it's like, well, you made that proposal with this outcome in mind and when that outcome doesn't happen then what and look i've said this before and everyone would agree you know and this is kind of the main justification from rich mckay who was behind who was part of the committee that was behind all of this there's not going to be any fully equitable solution and he's right there's going to be some unfairness to some degree but i don't think it had to be this unfair is what i'm saying like that could have been reduced the unfairness could have been reduced because the Bengals, like you said, like they're really getting nothing out of the AFC North division title other than maybe having to flip a coin and guaranteed to play a tough schedule next year because, well, you know, heaviest is the head that wears the crown. I, I just – I don't understand it. Like I get it. You have to think about everyone else. And that's why I don't think a good decision would have been playing the Bills-Bengals game on another date because then you're throwing off 14 other teams – and that's just going to create more problems. So I understand well, you're th- that. No, you're, you're throwing off 30 teams um, if, you, yeah. if you move it back. Well, I'm talking the, the 14 playoff teams, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you could also say 30 other clubs. Like, absolutely. So I, that wasn't the way to go. I think, again, I, yeah, it sucks the Bengals can't get the one seed, but I don't think they're going to be as upset about that as they are going to be when it comes to this because, yeah, they still have a chance to get the two seed, and that depends on what happens with the Bills and the Chiefs when they play this weekend, like we said, especially on Saturday because the Chiefs play. So that will already kind of set the stage a little bit for Sunday before the Bills and Bengals play. But that's the big thing for me is just the coin flip. And look, like you said it yourself, the players know a win just puts that behind them. I mean, were were you guys there? I didn't – I wasn't there, but I heard where Ted Karras was like the easiest – way to settle it is a bleeping win. So you, you, you have a various spectrum of like guys who are really fired up, like Ted Karras, 
Um, and then you guys who are kind of like just not happy about it, but like whatever, like Jamar Chase. And then you have Eli Apple and Mike Hilton who are like, yeah, it's different. It is what it is. So there's a spectrum, but they all agree it sucks. You know, and that's – it sucks right now. It's, it's Again, this is something we've never seen. Uh, there's always going to be opinions either way. I just think in this case the opinions are more justified when defending the Bengals in this case. And I'm not just saying this as, you know, a Bengals beat reporter on a podcast. I just think objectively other people outside the Bengals – circle agree like yeah this is kind of bogus but you know it is what it is as as we've said before stay with us when we come back on the podcast we're going to actually focus on this sunday's game with our usual predictions and prop bets and much much more as you're listening to the strictly stripes podcast why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So I think we somewhat sorted out just all the madness and the craziness behind this unprecedentedly rare decision by the NFL that's undoubtedly going to have a lot of implications in the coming days and weeks. But here's one thing that's certain. We have a game Sunday, and that's going to be the Bengals playing the Ravens. So with that, again, a lot on the line here. Um, you know, who plays where in the playoffs? could likely come down to this game based on, like we said, a coin flip. But with that, what are your all's predictions for this Sunday's uh, game? Yeah, I picked uh, Bengals 23, Ravens 13. Um, you know, I said yesterday on our podcast that the Ravens haven't scored uh, more than 20 points in the last five games, and they're also 3-2 and two in those games. So, you know, I, th- their defense has done well, but th- they really can't do anything offensively. Um, none of their weapons besides Mark Andrews would scare me um, in terms of the passing game, that is. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are really, really good one-two punch out of the backfield. Um, you know, they're one of the few teams in the league that utilizes a fullback and utilizes a fullback well with uh, Patrick Ricard. So they can grind on They can grind on you a little bit. They can run the ball. Uh, they can control the clock. That's kind of what they want to do. Brian Callahan said, you know, they kind of want to muck it up. They really want to bring you down and bring you into the fight. But, um, you know, I I really thought this was going to be a close game for a little while, um, considering the week the Bengals have had, the Ravens kind of getting that renewed life of thinking that their AFC North chances are over. Now, you know, albeit very, very slim, you do have a chance to host a home playoff game if you're the Ravens. So I I thought that that was going to kind of be, you know, big motivating factor for them. But now it's kind of flipped on its head a little bit. I think the Bengals are going to be really motivated coming into this game to not even have to worry about the coin toss scenario. Um, the Ravens, I, I mean, Tyler Huntley's kind of injured. Uh, you know, there were reporters at Baltimore's practice who said he wasn't really doing very much. And their third string quarterback is Anthony Brown, and he's thrown five career NFL passes. Uh, I don't care what kind of week you had. Uh, that's not a game you can lose. So the Bengals are going to win. Um, it's probably going to set up another matchup with the Ravens in a week, um, which I think would be interesting considering that, you know, 
we might get Lamar Jackson back and we might have to uh, kind of deal with, um, you know, what, what kind of his return could mean, um, you know, just after a month. But Bengals are going to win this one. Uh, they're not going to have to worry about it. And they're going to win by 10. Yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought this game was going to be lopsided um, before, um, you know, the, the possibility of facing the third string. I mean, I just I just can't see this even being close. If that's a possibility, I was going to say 30 to 10. Um, Bengals just roll this one. Um, it just feels like, you know, the Ravens are just kind of done. I, I mean, whether Lamar makes it back for the playoffs or not, he hasn't practiced in, what, six weeks now? Um uh, I just, yeah, he hasn't hasn't played since December fourth. So, um, yeah, I think the Bengals roll this one. Um, motivation has nothing to do with, it. like you said, Andrew. I just think they're a better team right now, uh, and this offense is is kind of firing all, uh, on all cylinders. So, I, I think they make it. I'm with both of you. I think the Bengals don't beat the Ravens. I think they thump them. I think they thump them. 27 to 10, uh, like you both said, um, especially with Mike, with what you said about their offense, like their offense just hasn't been great. You know, Lamar Jackson is him, but he won't be him this weekend because he's not playing. He hasn't practiced in over a month. And I mean, at this point, yeah, the Ravens are guaranteed to get into the playoffs, whether they somehow, I mean, I don't think they're going to beat the Bengals, but like if somehow I'm completely wrong and they do, even if they were to flip a coin and the Bengals go to Baltimore and have to play them, I still don't see the Ravens beating the Bengals three times in a season, let alone twice, because I think the Bengals have the superior offense. Joe Burrow, we've talked about this even yesterday, I think. The offense has gotten so much better since that game, since week five. Like, you guys remember that shovel pass. That's something where, you know, I think it gets kind of overlooked because the Bengals have been so good. And the word turning point is so cliche, but if you're just going to focus on the red zone efficiency, the offense from that standpoint, you could go back and say, yeah, since week five, you know, there's been really no ugly bad plays the Bengals have had in the red zone, whether it be on, you know, third down even. Like, they've improved drastically on third down in those situations. Overall, they're about the same. But in the red zone, yeah, their third down's way better than what we saw then. Um, And I'll be having, you know, more on that. You know, I'll be writing something about that this weekend. But, you know, to go with all that too, like, I get it. Baltimore's defense is, I think, going to be more challenging, honestly. Like, so people are wondering why you're going to say the Bengals are scoring 27. And I'm going to say because it's just their linebackers. I mean, the protection has held up better as well since that game. Uh, And I get it. You also don't have Lyle Collins, but you all saw what Hakeem Adeniji did to Greg Rousseau. I mean, I understand the only play for seven minutes, but that's one takeaway I had from that was, hey, you know, Greg Rousseau didn't really get to Burrow or anywhere near him. So they offensive lines. Series. They played, well, yeah, they played, so they played like a series. Well, they right. played like five plays and then like two on the next drive. If you want to be nitpicky, that's one nitpicky. thing you can say is, hey. They really play a game. Play. They did great. On that play, which what? is – if you want some hope, don't we want to have hope here, people? We want to have hope that Hakeem Adeniji can take on, you know, Jason uh, Pierre, Paul, or whoever lines up against him. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but, like, people were so worried going into that game. And I'm like, hey, at least for one drive, one drive, hear me out, one drive, he actually owned Gray Grosso pretty well. I wish, I wish people I wish people could see Mike and I's faces right now. They played – They played. how many How many passes did Joe Burrow throw in that game that, that got uh, stopped? 
want to say, so he threw three on the first drive. He completed all of them. I want to say like five or six passes total. But they also had a couple runs. Don't forget that. They had some run plays, so you can't just look at those passes. Look, oh. I, 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 I'm just saying. I'm probably... I know, it's a series and a half. You cannot take anything away from a series and a half. Not even the slightest, slightest, slightest. No. no. Wow. So is that, that a new rule that's now? Bonkers. That's bonkers. A that's series and a half. Okay, so what if? Okay, I'm gonna flip it then. Not what even if, a half, I don't think, because they like the the game got stopped when the Bengals weren't even at midfield yet. Okay, so well, they were about midfield, but what if? What if somehow Rosso actually does the opposite and bulldozes Adeniji and sacks Joe Burrow? Would you guys still be saying, "Oh my gosh, Akeem Adeniji, he's got to go against Jason Pierre Paul in that pass rush"? Don't lie. Like, let's let's flip the script here. Would you guys be saying that? I mean, yeah, it's still the biggest concern the, on the offense. It doesn't matter yeah, what he well, did. And also, the offensive line is 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 a position of failure. It's a little bit like baseball. If you're an offensive lineman and you run 60 plays and you get handled on five of them and you have a great rep 55 times, you had a you didn't play well because you allowed that to happen. So like it's a like it's the same it goes the opposite for defense. Like if you're a defensive end and you get to the quarterback twice, everybody's going to look at you as one of the better pass rushers of the week if you have two sacks in a game. So yeah, of course we would say that because it's like it's again offensive line. It's an unfair game. It's a position of failure. But yeah, I, I like, I I don't know what you can draw from like the ten plays or whatever that they ran. It's not conclusive. It's not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's conclusive. I'm not saying oh just because of that. I'm saying there's a hope. There's a hope. I'm not making any guarantees. If I if I made a solid guarantee, then yeah, you can call me crazy. I'm just saying. There's a little bit of hope that they'll hold up fine. To go back to the prediction, I think the offensive line has held up relatively well, and they will without Lyle Collins, which, again, I don't think is going to allow for Patrick Queen or Roquan Smith to get anywhere near Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow is going to learn from that interception he had to Patrick Queen in Week 5 because Patrick Queen's played pretty well against the Bengals since he's he's played against them in his short career. Um, so I don't really think that this is a battle that they beat Joe Burrow, and I think he's going to learn from that. He's watched the film. Um, he's gonna have the right reads when it comes to like that spy coverage, and yeah, I mean, like, like you said, there's no Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know how you get more than ten points against the way the Bengals' defense is played, um, especially with how much Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson have ascended. And I mentioned Von Bell. You don't want to throw anywhere near him unless you want to ring the bell, ding, ding, ding. So yeah, I'm gonna say Bengals 27. Oh come on! I'm just trying to be like cheesy here. I, I, you you guys can laugh at me all you want. Like I'm I'm probably I want I want to have a competition to see who's more like cheesy than you guys, and it's it's gonna be me. Like I'm I'm just the most creative one here. Don't just admit you're jealous. Admit, man. Oh, you ought to have some haters. Oh, and you know what? I'll, I'll have I have my haters on this podcast. That's cool, man. But um, speaking of haters and uh, predictions and hating on other people. Uh, what are your all's uh, prop bets for this game? Like, what, what what do you have lined up for this for this game on Sunday? Well, since I have them scoring a lot of points, uh, I'll take the uh, over on twenty four and a half. Um, Bengals plus one hundred. It's good value. Um, the overall uh, over under went down like four points since the quarterback news with Baltimore, and that one kind of scares me just because. I have them going slightly over. I think it's around 39 and a half. I had them at 40 points in the game with my prediction. But um, just with Ravens, if they do have to go with the third string and they've just uh, just kind of scary to rely on them. So just going with the Bengals 
24 and a half seems a more uh, safe bet. Andrew? Yeah, I, um, I like Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions. Um, he's gone over that total. Uh, he's had at least seven receptions um, in, uh, I believe, his last seven games. Um, ironically, that dates back to the Baltimore game because, remember, he missed some time. Uh, but since then, they've targeted him in terms of the seven games. 12 times, 10 times, 11, 8, 15, 13, 11. They get Jamar Chase the football. Six and a half seems like a low line to me. Um, so I, I would kind of hit that on the over before it gets to seven and a half. Because seven and a half, yeah, I think you have to make a decision. Six and a half, you take pretty easily. Um, I also, I'm curious what the, the like, what kind of value you can get on the Ravens running backs. Um, J.K. Dobbins is at 59 and a half right now in terms of rushing. Gus Edwards is 36 and a half. Um, Obviously, the Bengals, they have to win first and second down this week. But if, especially if you have to play Anthony Brown, if you're the Ravens, you're going to have to rely on the run game a lot. So uh, I, I think that those are two figures that, you know, that might uh, might look good for an over because I, I, I'm just not sure what other kind of weapons the Ravens have passing-wise. So, um, if I mean, I, I think this is just a game you lean into what both teams do, and that's Ravens running the ball and Bengals throwing the ball. So you're saying you, you don't believe in Deshaun Jackson, the former practice squad receiver in his 15th season? You don't believe the, in yeah, him? Yeah, he's 44. No. <laughs> That's you know I almost forgot he was even on their practice squad. That's wild because what this is what it's his 15th season. Man, he's like what 36? That's crazy. I'm surprised he's even still in the yeah. league. Yeah, I remember he was on the Raiders last year and he played against the Bengals in that playoff game. Like, that's just so wild. That, that guy's had an interesting trajectory. But anyhow, um, I'm just going to say that uh, I'm going to do a little receiving prop here. Um, you mentioned Jamar Chase has uh, – you said over six catches. I was going to say six Jamar Chase over – Six and a half. I was going to say um, Jamar Chase 81 and a half receiving yards over, but I want to actually do T. Higgins – uh, over six, six and a half yards, uh, over under 66 and a half. I mean, obviously, that's a game he wants to forget, you know, with all that happened on on Monday, but looked really good. He's looked really good coming up to this point. Um, that's, I mean, that's well below the average receiving yards he's had since the bye week. He's got at least, I want to say the average is somewhere around like 80, 85. I got to do the math again. But yeah, he's averaged well over six, six and a half yards. He's been a reliable target. Um, and I talked, I think, last week about how the Bengals have done so much better in cover two. At least Joe Burrow has. That's why Higgins wasn't getting a lot of looks he wanted before the bye week, but they've worked on that. And I think even if the Ravens try to play too high or do whatever with Patrick Queen, I don't think it's going to matter. I think T. Higgins goes over 66 and a half yards. <sighs> what a week, guys, man. What a week. I mean, how about how about it? the weekend is finally here? What do you what do you guys make of that? Just gonna enjoy Saturday. What you guys got going on? Sleep, sleep, sleep. Yeah, sleep and more sleep. Yeah, I was gonna say I think uh, a lot of people would agree with that, including me. So that's what we're gonna do: is head into the weekend, get some sleep, and we're gonna wake up for the regular season finale Sunday. Make sure you tune in with us for our post game pod as we break down the game and what's to come with all the implications, like we mentioned. Should be an interesting one. But thanks again for tuning in with us. See you Sunday.